Welcome to A Few Deep, a hangout podcast where a guest and I drink multiple styles of beer and talk about this, that, and the other thing. I'm your host, Joe Varga. So come on, let's get a drink. Happy Saturday, everybody. Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And if Black Friday, uh, mine was pretty good. Uh, went to my wife's family's house for Thanksgiving, which is fun. Had some wine, had some good food. Uh, then we went shopping on Black Friday a little bit. We went to the mall, which is a pain in the dick. But uh, it was all right. It wasn't too bad. Uh, we took a break and got some good pizza and a beer. It was fun. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Starting off the holiday season pretty well. It's fucking raining here in California. Finally. Uh, it's supposed to be raining for the next two weeks, which is awesome. Fucking awesome. Yeah, it's been a while for the rain, so, you know, it's like eight to nine months out of the year where it's just dry as fuck. Sometimes longer. But, uh, no. We're getting some good rain. Good stuff. Um, Yeah. So, giving a shout out to my donation peoples, which I have another one, which happens to be the guy who was on the podcast this last, Mr. Mike Lewandowski. Boom. Shout out. Thanks for the donation, man. Really appreciate it. Um, If anybody else wants to sign up for um, the donation, you can go to the website, a few deep.com and go to the exclusives button and then click on the donate button. If you like what you hear, you could also go to the Apple podcast and subscribe that way. Some other places you get your, um, your podcast too. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any other directory, so I don't go on anything except for Apple to listen to podcasts. So I, I can't tell you exactly if it would be on your um, platform or not, but mainly it's SoundCloud and uh, Apple. So you can also go to the webpage and, and there's a link to to the SoundCloud and you can find it on Apple because Apple's just easy to use. So um, yeah, but if you're on Apple, go and leave a review of some sort or you know leave me some notes and say how shitty my show is and that'd be awesome. I love it. Um, yeah. So other than that, Everything is good. Not too much besides the holiday season. I cooked up. Uh, I made. I only made a pie uh, for Thanksgiving this year, which was a lot less stressful for me. But I like to cook, so I would have liked to cook a lot more. But uh, I just made my chocolate pudding pie uh, from scratch. I made everything: the whipped cream, the pudding, and the crust. The graham cracker crust it was all pretty. Uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say simple. I think I'm just getting um, better at baking and cooking and doing all those things, so it sort of comes easier now, as anything would do as you practice it. So, yeah, it's become a blessing, and I love doing it. So it was fun, and everybody seemed to enjoy it. So, uh, so yeah, hope everybody else's holiday season was good. We're rolling right in here to fucking Christmas. And everybody's got their shit up already, and they're getting trees already, and it's not even December. But I like it. it. Gets everybody in the spirit. I like Christmas. Christmas is great. So, yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I'm not going to blabber on too much here today. Um, other than that, yeah, just check out the website for updates and whatnot and leave, you know, donation, buy a shirt. Maybe I'm going to get, like I said, I keep getting, I'm going to make some new shirts eventually. And, uh, I don't think they're going to be out for Christmas or maybe after the holidays. Uh, it's a little much to keep getting them. So, but just keep checking. All right. Well, this is, uh, the part two with, uh, my good friend, Mr. Mike Lewandowski, the donator of the beer fund. You can be a donator as well. I don't mean sperm. I mean a donation of money to get some beer because this show is free. Um, but yeah, here's the part two of me and Mike. And uh, we talked a little bit more about um, um, fucking headphones. Technical difficulty. My headphone is out. Hello. Hello. There we go. It's that fucking. Ugh. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, we talked about some old times, some more punk rock times, some working times, um, yeah, we went all over the place, sort of, this one, just kind of kept it, you know, but kept it fun, so, uh, I hope you guys enjoy, and, uh, I'm gonna stop talking, we're just gonna roll right into it, so here it is, right, all right, right. What's happening, people? Welcome back to the podcast. We're back with my friend, Mr. Mike Lewandowski. Hello. Back from the East Coast. Not really. We're still on the West Coast. I only go back to visit. I haven't been back in a long time. It's been a while. It's been at least three years. At least. Yeah. Like, I went back, but then, like, we were like, we're going on vacation to Jamaica, so we're like, I was like, well... What's the point? <laughs> I thought that was um, a couple months ago. Yeah. I'm just gonna we're just gonna go and we're basically going to the East Coast. Jamaica's the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Kinda. Of. Um Alright, well first things first, back to the beer round. We're doing uh Alvarado Street since we're so close to Thanksgiving. Actually we're after Thanksgiving now, I believe. Last week was close to Thanksgiving. This week Closer. We're closer. But we're after. If you didn't buy your turkey, you better bought your turkey. You better already have your turkey and ate it too. Uh, but this beer is the Give Thanks, and we're going to give thanks to Alvarado Street with their Hazy Double 8% North Feast style, it says. So, whatever. Getting a little fancy with their labeling. I actually had this one a couple years ago. It was pretty good. Mm. This is one of their staples. That's not bad. It is a little hazy. <clears throat> it's definitely on the thick side. It's a double, so it's going to be a little sweeter, but um, it's going to be pretty good. Bloop. Bloop, bloop, bloop. All right. Cheers. Cheers, man. I'm glad you came out. Yeah, I'm definitely glad I came out. It would have never been the same. We had a, a good run. <laughs> We've had a good life. It's been good. It's been good to us. You know, there's... I, I have this little analogy, right? Like, there's... Of everyone you know, you can put them in three boxes. Crazy, jerks, everything. 
Yeah. There's some people like you ever see uh that TV show The Monkeys? Hey, hey, yeah, we're yeah, the yeah. monkeys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the intro, it shows them like on the beach and they walk up to the water, and when the wave comes, they all run back. So that's the first kind of people. I think. You know, not that I put people in boxes, but no, just no. fun analogy. But yeah. <clears throat> so like super risk averse. Like I know my thing, I'm not gonna do more, I'm not gonna go over these risky situations. Not yeah. like it's a little a little much. Not like crazy risky, but like I have this job and I will do this for a hundred years. Like, okay, cool. So you have some model of how you want the universe to be and you're just gonna live in this really tight thing. And then there's the second group of people who are like, actually we have more fun and we do stuff. Like they go out in the water and they splash around and they'll go up and they, they have to keep their feet on the ocean floor. They might like boogie board or yeah. a little bit. Okay. They're branching out, they're doing a little yeah. something. And then you have the third group, which I think like we fell into. It's like, well, we've been through that, but the third group of people are people are like, Cool. If the wave comes in, I can't touch the ground and I can deal with that. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. It goes up and down. Yeah. But sometimes you can catch this big wave and go have fun. Yeah. And so it's like, where are you okay with your boundaries? And I think like, well, we had to be part of the third group to make really crazy life decisions to go and just like, agree. You know you, what? I'm just going to move somewhere and fucking redo it. Like, I, I agree. You got to, you got to kind of take the risks and ride the big wave sometimes, yep. even if you're going to like splash, you know, even if you're going down, you really got to get out there and uh, experience new things. If you, if mm-hmm. you know, if you don't want to, that's cool. I mean, you know, it's, if not, if not your thing, and no, you, no, and you want to be, nobody's wrong. No, everybody's different. Everybody's different, but I'm glad in my perspective that we did this, and yeah. uh, you know, especially, you know, I I love traveling, so I love and I loved experiencing new things and doing. Th- I, you know, I don't like to be the person like who's going to be in the same job for a hundred years, you know, and being like, this is cool. I'm like, no, how would it be like if I tried this, you know, and like, yeah. this would be much better for me. Um, let's I mean, get, I like yeah. the road to mastery. I like doing the same thing a bunch and getting better at it, but yeah. that can't be everything. Like you have to do new things. You got to do new things to like the first time you had spicy food, right? You're like the first time you tried sushi, <sighs> like the first time somebody opens up a can of silkworms and you have to eat one. Oof. Oh. Chocolate covered cockroaches. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, well, let's, you know, something we've never done in this show. Let's dive right back into where we left off and uh, your little story about uh, little Joey Cape action. Uh, uh, but, so we'll, we'll line it up a little bit. We've been to tons of shows. I mean, countless of hundreds of shows. And, like, I tell the story now that, like, back in the day, like when we were both like 18, 19, 20, before we were in bands together and after we were yeah. in bands together, there was like this group of kids at like punk and ska and stuff where it was going big. You didn't know if you can get a ticket or where it's going, but you know, if you went to this one pizza hut, that's where everybody's meeting up. Yeah. And a couple towns away, there was this other pizza hut and one or two people knew each other. But so there were these little sections where you're like, cool. So I tell these stories of like, yeah. So like four days a week, we would drive an hour to Philly or an hour to New York and go to a show, yeah, all the time. Or we, you know, there or was, go to local shows. Yeah, right? we go to local shows. We meet up the Warp Tour for you know the. I think in '99 we all met up at the Pizza Hut and went to the Philadelphia Warp Tour. Yeah, because that was definitely me, you, Manville, and uh, I think Bree was there. There's a bunch of people that went. Oh God, shit! I mean, the name the names could go on and on, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Joel, yeah, not Joel, Bo- not Boston Joel, Joel. not Boston Joel, the, Don yeah. Rock, yeah. miss him, yeah, um, yeah, all those guys that Chad, all, like Manville. all those shows. Props to Manville. He's actually how I ended up meeting you. Mm-hmm. I had a friend in high school who knew Which him. he was my Pizza Hut employee, and then he became the manager. 
Yeah. <laughs> at a ripe age of 17. <laughs> he was the manager at 17 at the pizza. I was like, this is awesome. You, I've never seen a place where employees were happier. Me neither. And me and Don would fucking rock out the old Blink records or any Lesson Jake because they had two singers and we'd we pretend like he'd be one and I'd be one. So like sometimes I was Mark, sometimes I was Tom, and then he would be the other guy, same time. And we're making pizzas, just singing all the songs. Yep. And we're like, like, what the fuck are you guys doing back there? We're rocking out. Shut up. <laughs> and it would be blasting. It was the be- probably the best time of my life for job wise, where I just like didn't give a shit. I was like making some money, making pizzas. And singing with a good friend of mine. Yeah, like we're all like 17, 18, like living with our parents. So like the money was great because yeah. we didn't have to pay rent yet. Exactly. So I got to buy my first new car. I was like, fuck yeah. And then when I had to pay rent, I was like, I better be a waiter. <laughs> I better do something better. <laughs> I can even make more money. But yeah, so Joe and I have been like, I mean, it's not even a, a, a long shot, but like a thousand shows together. Mm-hmm. At least a thousand each of us, right? Um, man, the stuff was so good. Every American Legion all had a band playing every weekend back then. Oh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, I move out here, and he moves out here as we come along. And uh, one of our favorite bands, Melancholin's playing. So we're like, "Oh fuck, we're gonna go see Melancholin at, at Slim's in San Francisco." Like, great, we've been there a couple times. So I think it was like maybe the second or third show we went to after you moved here. Yeah, it was. It was uh, like, uh, yeah, I think it was probably the third show. Yeah, like it was. It was kind of early on, like because I was still trying to figure out how to get to Slim's from the train. Yeah, I remember it was Laura's like first punk rock show that she like came with me to go. And I was like, fuck you. Like, you got to do your thing if you don't like it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So we go to the show, and it's a good time. I forget who played with them. I, I remember I liked the opening band and the, the middle band. I knew, but I can't remember now. But uh, so I'm I'm not 19 anymore. Yeah. And, We're old men. And, and Joe's got a story he tells everybody well, about when I'm at a show. When's Mike going to take his shirt off? Yeah, that's the highlight. We're like, Mike's going to get either it's in the beginning or it's like, you know, in the the middle when the pit's like getting a little crazy. Yeah, because like I don't go beat people up in the pit. I like to dance in the pit. Like I, the guy who's helping pick people up. Yeah. I actually like ska shows, right? Because everybody just dances in the pit. Yeah, that's uh, cool ska shows. And where we're from, like it gets hot in the summer. It gets, California's like 85 degrees. People are dying in the heat wave. Yeah. And we're like laughing. We're like, okay, like we're going... Actually, to, to cut it back, like one of the best shows I was ever at, and we went together, was uh, Mustard Plug, Someone Else, and Face to Face. Oh, at yeah. The, at the Trocadero Theater, which is like still yeah. my favorite little venue ever. I do love the Troc. The Troc was amazing. But it was uh, 99 degrees out with 100% humidity, not raining, so the heat index was actually 109 or something. That Dude, night. it was hot as fuck. And then we're inside a venue with a bunch of like sweaty 20 year olds and teenagers like yeah. jumping around it was hot as hell and i had like passed out from heat exhaustion got brought outside and like came back in and like the security guard turns around he's like didn't i just bring you outside how did you get in faster than me <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i'm not done uh, and and i had a broken arm at that show oh yeah that's right i got i got face to face as bass player to sign the record he didn't the one he wasn't on and yeah, he's told stories like I've read in interviews of like I've only signed that act record once. It was for some kid with a broken arm. That was me. <laughs> yeah, so like, this but, uh, so we're out here and we're like, oh, holy shit, Millencon's playing. We love Millencon. It's great. So we go to the show, super fun, and uh, and so I'm old and I don't realize I'm old yet. Well, we're in the pit, you know? and I'm jumping in the pit, and like yeah. I have to come out, I'm like not like I'm up against the little wall of the little pit, which is filled with people who are also older. Yeah. Like, I take a couple more steps out so I can bend over and start breathing. Yeah. And this guy pushes me. And 
well, if I was up on the wall, you should push me, but like not here, like you jerk. Go back in, another song, come back out, and huffing, puffing for a minute. Like, okay, maybe I should stop smoking. Guy pushes me. I go back in, dance around a little bit. I come out on another side, I'm huffing and puffing. I see Joe, I'm like, this guy's being an asshole over here. Okay, go back in the pit. I come back out. This guy fucking pushes me harder. And I turn around and yell at him, and I'm like, you're Joey Cape. You know what? I'm going to see you here next week and your sound better be better because for some reason, the sound of that show for Mill and Colin, like, yeah, it wasn't that good. I know every song I can play like drums to guitar to everything on every song there. I couldn't tell what was playing because the sound was so effed up that night. Yeah. The, the, I couldn't even, the, the vocals were like really drowned out. I was like, what song is this? And then it would like be like a quarter of the way song I was like, through the song. And I'm like, Oh shit, it's yeah. this song. Fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, it was, it was a bad, uh, yeah, it was a bad sound night. Yeah, but, but it was funny. So one of my like idols, and like, well, not idol, but like somebody like I looked up to. They they're still playing. I, I bought a ton of their vinyl now that I'm an adult and can afford it. Yeah, but um, I turned around to go yell at this guy, and it's like he's pushing me and laughing, and I'm also wearing a lagwagon hoodie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which he's like already signaling you out. Uh, which is probably why he's pushing me. He's like, this is gonna be so funny when this guy turns around. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you just. The lead singer just beat the shit out of you. And then we went and saw him the next week, and they, yeah. had, they had a great show. Yeah, the sound it was, was awesome. good. The sound was awesome. Uh, yeah, that, that thing, that's like the one of the coolest things about living in the Bay is like you get to experience uh, the random people at Fat Records uh, yeah. being at all the shows, which is super cool. You go see a random band, and, and, and like Aaron from Fat Records is there, and you know she's with some people. And uh, uh, I saw... Uh, Chuck from Good Riddance. I said hi to him at the dis- before the Descendant show. I saw him outside. Uh, you know they weren't playing. It was just you see like random people that you've like listened to and looked up to your whole life. Yeah, and uh, you just kind of like be yeah. like, oh shit, it's crazy. You go to these shows like, and there was this guy my parents were friends with years ago, and uh, whenever we went over there, I would bring over like I don't know. I'm like eight to 12 right like i'd, I'd bring over blank tapes yeah because he just had hundreds of cds he worked in the city and would go to use cd shops and he's like into metal and all kinds of stuff and like so i knew about dri like in fourth grade mm-hmm. i'm like in the pit like a, and i come out here and i'm like holy shit dri lives on the street and they like go here and i'm not yeah. even into them but like that's cool yeah yeah and then i go to a show and i'm like oh guys from lag are here oh guys from no effects are, like it's it was it, totally weird. Yeah, it's that kind of place. And it's like random places that like... It's almost like heaven. Yeah, sort of. If the rent was better, it'd be, it'd be heaven. It would be heaven. It's a, no, it's a great place. Uh, I ended up getting to... So when they had the first Punk and Drublick uh, show, uh, festival going on... I forgot your cups. That's okay. Get them next time. Yeah. Um, I actually went... Uh, Fat Mike was having a come play pool with me. At Zeitgeist mm. in San Francisco. And I messaged you guys, I think, you, Rob, and I messaged somebody else, and you guys couldn't make it because it was like a random Thursday or some shit. And I always have off Thursdays. So I'm like, huh. I was like, uh, what do you think, Laura? Should we just go up and see what happens? Yeah. Sure. Why not? Let's go. So we went up to Zeitgeist, San Francisco, hung out, and Fat Mike was there, thumb wrestling people. It's what he does. He's fucking hanging around, just thumb wrestling, fucking whatever, until he got his like thumb sliced open. And he doesn't thumb wrestle that much anymore. But, uh, so he was there hanging out and, um, he could have been a contender. Yeah. So I, I put my name into play pool with him and, uh, I'm like, ah, whatever. He knows a bunch of people here. I'm not going to get picked. Whatever. All right. Got picked to play pool with him. 
I was like, sweet. Get to hang out with Fat Mike and play a whole game of pool just with Fat Mike. And that was cool. Got my picture taken with him, you know. I was like, thanks, dude. Shook his hand. Talked some shit. I was like, I'm not a really great pool player, but whatever. I'm playing Fat Mike. Fuck. How, how is this not, like, the best day of my life yeah. playing pool with Fat Mike? Like, you can't beat that. And then, so then they, it was it was part of this 105, um, uh, whatever radio station thing where they get away free sunglasses and shit. And you also put your name and number into the box and they'll maybe call you later to win free tickets to Punk and Drumlick. Oh, and I already had bought tickets too. I just put my name in for the fucking hell of it. Uh, about a week goes by. These people call me up. And I'm like, I don't know this number. San Francisco. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll just answer it. And they're like, Hey, this is, uh, Vanessa from one Oh five, like live. Like you, you, you won the, you won the, the Punk and Drumlick tickets. And I was like, sick. That's great. So now I have like four tickets or whatever. I have like massive tickets to the show. Even though the headliner sucks live. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they suck live. I have these like massive, I have like four or six tickets or whatever to the show. Like I got free fucking tickets. I was like, this is awesome. And then like uh, like the week or the couple of days before the show was the wildfires. Uh-oh. And it oh, fucking was canceled. over yeah. in Concord. And like they smoked out the whole fucking venue. Uh, the entire time so i wasn't able to go and they canceled the show they re they reissued the show for a later date that i had to work and i wasn't able to make it and i basically wasted no i got my money back got my money back for the show but it was like this like huge high yeah. it's extremely low like where i didn't get to go to the, to the festival and whatever like blah 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 but have, have you been to a punk and drum book festival no i didn't go oh. I, I know to, you went this year right yeah i went to the one in sacramento how was it it was great um we went to the last warp tour show ever out here not too long ago and i got to see the vandals for the first time yeah that was my vandals, that was, was my like, second time seeing the vandals which was i was so stoked and it's great the only band i wanted to see yeah I mean, yeah, we're, we're blown away. They, how are they so old and they crush it so well? <sighs> they do great, um, and they're not even like the popular band. Like they're just, I'm like, fucking Warren and and, uh, and like half the music's not hard and it's like all fun and goofy. Yeah. And then like when I went to see them, the thing closed with Queen, mm-hmm. and I was like, during a sunset, right. like it's, it's gorgeous. It was pretty um, epic on that one. Yeah, but I went. It was a uh, teenage ball rocket, which was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good show. Um, and then the Vandals, real big fish always high energy they're fun um the boston's played right and the boston's played yeah and then one of my favorite things is when the horn section of one band comes out and plays with another yeah that's so, always fun so they came out and played a little bit at the end with the boston's uh it was the first time i saw the boston's in 15 years because one time outside of a show dickie barrett from the boston's was like looking for me to beat me up i I had a t-shirt of theirs that actually wrote Mighty Mighty Sellouts. And somehow he saw me in the way back of the thing and stopped the show to yell at me. And then after the show in the Electric Factory in like, I don't know, 99, 2000? Yeah. I saw him in the parking lot and he's like running up to everyone with a white shirt. And I just like ripped the shirt off and threw it. (laughs) You're like, that's not me. What didn't happen? He's a little bigger than me. But they had an amazing show. I'm totally turned around. I love them. I love my Um, music. They're they're fun. And they've been playing for so long. Like their show is so good. Um even the dancing guys got good news. Yeah. Um, and then no effects closed, which was good because I missed them at uh, at Shoreline. The other Warp Tour. Yeah. The last... Because I only went to the one... I went to the... 
the Vandals one, and then yeah, you the guys went day. to the Sunday one. But with, like with uh, me and my partner, we had like wake up for work the next day, and we're kind of there hanging out. We're like, well, we gotta go. Yeah. So actually, like, it's like four miles away through a trail. So we rode our bikes there to not deal with traffic. Yeah. And uh, we got back and took showers and then sat down on the bed. It was like an hour and a half later, looking at Instagram and like. Then there no effects doing a live thing of like when they're finally coming. When on they stage, finally came the first in, couple yeah, songs, yeah. It took like, forever. Oh God, thank God we got home. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a long, it was a long day. Like the first day we got fucking wrecked. We had so many beers. I think I, I no, me and Rob got fucking wasted. That one it was a yeah. That was the Saturday show. We got I got so drunk. I was like, the best thing about. All that stuff is like I don't have to drive anywhere. Yep. All the all the best things is getting Uber. I'm like I'm not I'm like literally like f- f- ten to fifteen minutes away from the venue, which is amazing. I like I I got an Uber. They dropped me off. I walked in by myself, and then I, and then uh yeah, and then I got I got fucking wrecked and then got another Uber home, which is great. I think me and Rob, uh, carpooled Ubers. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys, yeah, you guys went went your own way. Yeah. I think you guys are you're. Yeah, yeah we actually, I, it was like, like during Bad Religion. I think we left. Like, like after no after Bad Religion because the Offspring were playing. I left during the Offspring because I was like, "Well, I'm good and drunk, and I don't need to see the Offspring. I was only here for Bad Religion. So see you later." <laughs> it was really fun. Is like so we saw a little bit of the Offspring, and we're like, "Okay, it's getting late, and we're going to come back tomorrow and sit in the sun all day. So like, mm-hmm. let's go home and hydrate and go to bed." So we go to leave. The bikes. We walk out of the venue. We go pick up our bikes and the trail. And it's like an official bike walking trail, you know. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great little walk too. It's a great walk. Bikes, like it's twenty minutes to get home, which is shorter than driving when that place clears out. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, we just like stopped for a minute because we're like, holy cow, we're like half a mile away. We can see the stage and we can hear the whole band. So we'd like kind of watch them until like, right before their encore. I'm like, all right, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, if I wasn't so drunk, I probably would have went to the 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 sports page because it's right there. You could walk to the sports page and hang out at that bar. Yeah. Right by the movie theater. That's like the good place to get your lift out. Yeah, just yeah, exactly. You get there, you just walk, and it's perfect. It's such a good walk. It's I love that venue. The Shoreline is Shoreline Amphitheater is fun. Yeah, it's a good place. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, uh, but oh, yeah, one, one of my favorite times we were there. You and I were there with with Rob, and uh, we were working Calafia at their burrito stand, and we leave for the end of the show because the place was closed down, and. Uh, there's all these bands that work tour, and we don't know most of them. Yeah. Like, whatever. But uh, Goldfinger was playing. Yes. And they were headlining the main stage, and so we got off, we closed the thing out. Yeah, everything was and cleaned up. we get up. over there, and there's like 60 people in front of them for the amphitheater stage. Yeah, which is like 20,000 So security guards venue. just let everybody just jump in there, because there's like, you know, the stages and the parking lots yeah. and stuff, and that's where everybody wanted to go see whatever emo band was going on. But uh, then like, three different bands horn sections come out and play and they don't even have a horn section but like they had were the ones that discovered fish and big d at the kids table and some other bands that were playing that day and so they like used well, and the used wasn't playing but that day but yeah but a bunch of there was like 20 horn players like sitting there backing them up like the whole time it was yeah. great and then like all 50 people were pressed right up against the stage dancing and it was like you felt like you're in a tiny club like way back in the day like the trocadero or somewhere you know like, yeah it was super cool uh uh, Mike from uh, MXPX is playing with Goldfinger, or was anyway, ah. like filling in on bass. I think. Hmm. Little side note. It's really weird. Like I follow him on Instagram. I don't know yeah, how I do it too. happened, but yeah. I'm just like, I used to make fun of you and your big tongue sound. Like, yeah, yeah. Not that I never not like them, but I'm like, holy shit! Like, 
over the years, now you're in with everybody. Oh, uh, no, he's, he's got his own podcast and shit. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a really good podcast. Uh, a Few Deep. It's like my favorite. Well, that's good. <laughs> no. Uh, a good podcast, besides mine, you should always check out my podcast, uh, is the, the, the T-O-T-O-T podcast. It's uh, That One Time on Tour, if you've ever listened to it. It's cool. I read the Motley Crue book, so I'm scared. No, this one's with um, Chris from the Ataris, uh, old guitar player from Indiana or something like that. Uh, he does interviews with like, you know, Joey Cape, uh, Russ Rankin, uh, uh, Scott from Pooley. Uh, he's got some big names on there, but he always does a phone interview. But you get a nice little like hour like of interview with with a really big deal kind of a kind of a. a uh, punk rocker or, or whatever you know nice. that you know or, or somebody from the industry you know what i mean like so you could be a producer or whoever whatever but it's it's always a pretty fun podcast they like do a lot of punk stuff or like uh you know a punk band sponsors the podcast so they get their single out on it and you know you get to hear somebody from chile that's like you've never heard before like oh, this is a, you know a teenage band or maybe like a band in their 20s They're like i kind of got, got a cool sound yeah you know it's experience but that's a good podcast that one time on tour if you ever check out some stuff you get to see some good interviews or hear some good interviews, I should say. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. I'll check it out. Yeah, but 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 the guy from Mike uh, yeah, uh, MXPX, he has a he has a podcast too. I follow him on Instagram as well, so I knew that he was like playing for Goldfinger and shit, and and you know, I was like, man, Goldfinger just like recruits everybody for this fucking band. Like, doesn't it's like the uh, the me first, the give me give me. Somebody's out. Let's get this guy in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, we'll get this guy. Well, if I remember right, like. Because I think I read through like some interviews or whatever, but like way back in the day, I mean, so we just went to the like twenty fifth uh, warp yeah, tour, yeah, right? the, the twenty, well, no, the twenty, twentieth uh, warp tour or something, right? Like the last one, yeah, whatever that warp tour. Was. I was saying the twenty fifth one we went to was the Fat Records twenty fifth release. Oh, the twenty fifth release, right? It was yeah. the last warp tour, so it's been around for warp tours been around like twenty years or so. But well, it's uh, been around at least since uh, ninety five, I believe, was the first one. I think I know Van sold sneakers at the warp tour. That had the like, whatever like the year of the Warped Tour on it. But then, I mean, I, like I went to the second one. I missed the first one. I missed the first one. I went to the second one. Yeah, yeah. It, the second one I believe was in '96. But like maybe three or four in. Then all of a sudden they had like punk rock karaoke. Yeah, with yeah. That's where me first the gimmicks came from. Like, yeah. like that was their fun idea, and then they they kind of liked it, and all these other folks were into it, and they turned that into like a, a thing, which was fucking awesome. Yeah. and it's still killer to this day. Which is pretty rad, and they did like yeah. Me first is like you know on uh, it was like the first one of the best comps ever, which is Survival of the Fattest, which was like you know, and they do uh, Country Roads. I can't remember if it's it's a hard debate. I mean, there's a bunch of them now, right? But like two or three, I can't decide which one I like more. You don't do you have a, you don't have a favorite compilation? It doesn't have to be a fat compilation, but. Survival of the Fattest is my favorite because I think that's the one that, like, every that? single song just turned me on. Oh, yeah. That was their first, right? And then there was Survival of the Fattest 2. Oh, no, there, there was, um, the first one was, uh, Fat Music for Fat People, which had, which was also fucking super good, but. Which now they've just been blowing out for any festival. They're like, here's, yeah. a, here's a special vinyl I mean, there, that's colored. And yeah, there, there's so many. With uh, my addiction, I'm like, this sucks. I have to keep buying them. <laughs> That's like the same with like the Punkoramas, you know, like yeah. even with like Epitaph releasing like Punkorama stuff. And I was like, man, but 
after a while, I was like, Punkorama's starting to suck. Like that was a big thing back then, yeah. right? And that helped like give that exposure, like to I'm like into these some two really bands. really good bands. Because you go to shows and they're like one dollar for the CD, and other bands are selling their stuff for like seven or eight, you know. But you're like, well, one. Everybody also picked that up and yeah. gave you all this good other stuff to listen to. Yeah, no, it, uh, uh, but like I think back in the day, I I legit got Survival of the Fattest in '96. Somewhere early on '96, and every fucking song on there was like, like my favorite song. Like, you know, it was yeah. like, it was no use for a name. It was Lagwagon. It was Propagandi. It was Good Riddance. It was Friends of Rom. It was Diesel Boy. It was uh, uh, High Standard. And you know, when High Standard opens up the goddamn compilation with all the Lisa Brown. And the sky is gray. I know. I'm like, God damn, High Standard is amazing. They're like fucking... They're a punk band from Japan. That, that's, and if you see things with them, like, they actually speak, like, they can speak, like, normalized English. That's yeah. not the right word. But, like, they no. don't have accents. Like, they yeah, can speak yeah, it properly. Yeah, they're but when, English But when good. they do their band stuff, they just, like, play it off so hard. Yeah, they just right? go right into it. It's so fun. It's so good. They run the hard R's. Like, everything. They just... Pretend that they're tourists who don't know stuff. Yeah, and they it's... had that funny video with like Fat Mike where he takes them around <laughs> yeah. in the Cadillac. Oh, they go down Lombard Street and they go down Lombard Street and they all have like yeah. giant cameras with huge flashes. And they're like, "Oh, that's nice! Oh, it's the best, dude! It's super fun." They had a, I mean, their band. I mean, they're super technical too. Their guitars are so good. Yeah, they're so good. They got their shit together. Those guys are amazing. They put another album out a couple years ago. Did they? I didn't hear the new one. I heard. I heard some of the old ones that were really good, but. uh I'm, but the two songs on and Wait for the Sun on there was really good from High Standard. Because that's how good High Standard was. They put fucking two songs on the goddamn compilation. Or maybe they just ran out of bands. But <laughs> they were like, no. Yeah, Survival of the Fattest yeah. was the third album. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. I had to look it up. Yeah, that's my favorite one. Kind of felt like a jerk pulling out my phone while we're No, no. <laughs> but that's, that's, what, what, this, that's what this podcast is for. We don't know facts. We're pulling up our phones. Oh, uh, no use for a name was like justified black eye on that. I was like, "Fuck, dude, this is awesome." What's really fun is uh, I a bunch of Fat Records vinyl and some other stuff, and I have a little record player in my house that like folds down. It's got the top on it, and the first sticker I ever put on it on the inside was uh, "Never Forget Tony Slide." Yes, so there's been like a ton of people have come through my house. On the beer fridge, oh, we're hanging out somewhere. Oh, that's yeah, a it's a center got, centerpiece. There centerpiece. <laughs> there's a bunch of people have come over, and they're like. Who's Tony Sly and why should I never forget him? I'm like, well, let me just put some stuff on while I talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> let's put on a record. Let me show you, my friend. A little chili con carne, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. No, but that's like... Uh, but yeah, hands down, my favorite compilation uh, is definitely Survival of the Fattest. They had, especially like... Uh, okay, so my Okay, so my favorite show that I went to was at Asbury Park in 1997 and it was Friends of Rom opened Blink-182 was the middle band and Less Than Jake was the headliner. So Blink-182 was not famous back then. And it was 500 people into the Stone Pony and Friends of Rom we only all knew the one fucking song from Survival of the Fattest. Yep. And shit was 
off, dude. The moment they hit the stage, dude, that guy's just was like the wildest fucking punk rock time of all time. Yeah. Like it just fucking killed. Uh yeah, Snuff on that record was great. Wizzo, you like the German punk band that like like oots, 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 like it was just like this like drive on that record. Like every single song and I felt like they did like such a good like uh comp mixing with uh different countries like a, they had Japanese you know yeah. with high standard and they had like you know uh snuff with England and uh you know uh uh Wizzo with Germany and fucking uh I think that was well, that friends was... around from Australia that like it was just was, such a good mix. Yeah. No, it was great, man. Like, cause you put that in and it was awesome. Everything kind of gelled together and yeah. there was diversity. With these but, California bands, you're like, fuck, these guys are amazing. So that, that preceded it, right? Because like then in the early 2000s when TRL was big, it was happening. Mm-hmm. You could watch TRL in the US and it's like, okay. But if you watch TRL in Canada, it was like ska and punk bands were like four out of five. And then like Celine Dion was on. Yes. Like, it was, it was really weird. Yeah. So the joke back then, not that we were like really big or or did stuff, but like the joke was like, the reality was, well, I'm not that big here, but you can be on MTV in Canada, and then when you go to Japan, like five thousand people will come see you because Japan was like huge in the punk and ska back then. Exactly, which fucking sets Japan off because Japan is super into punk rock, which is awesome. They're into tons of music. Like, actually, one of my favorite bands of the last couple of years, uh, Baby Metal. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've heard them. Yeah, have you seen the videos? Uh, yes, I think I think I've seen them. So the and my description is: so you have three young Asian girl singers mm-hmm. who look like they literally just fell out of an anime. Yep. And then you have like this ridiculously good metal band behind them. Yeah, just and they're rocking. like rocking. Give me, give me chocolate. Give me, give me chocolate. Like yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's poppy. It's got the catch. It's got the good metal. Be- like it's crazy. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just weird and I like this. But then uh, I go to like show somebody at work one day and I Google it and it's like, oh, here's them playing with uh, the dude from Judas Priest. Here's them playing with the dude from Iron Maiden. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're that good and that popular, like that they've, and they've exceeded their level. And they're like the only band that sold out the biggest stadium in Japan. Like that they do for sports events and other things, but there's been no music event that ever sold it out, and they're the one that sold it out. Yeah. This beer looks dark. This is a stout. This is our last beer, which is an Imperial Stout by Faction. And this one is. Oh, what is it? <clears throat> Doesn't even have a name, just Imperial Stout. 8.5, so it's not crazy. It's fine. I yeah. like Faction. When you go to their little places, sometimes you're like, I really like that one beer I got. And you come there the next time, you're like, don't have, have you, it. Have you been to the brewery? I haven't been to the brewery, but I've been to some of their pop-up stuff that has a bunch. The brewery the brewery is super fun. It's in Alameda, and the, uh, it's it looks over, overlooks the airstrip. And then, well, it's on the airstrip, but it like sort of overlooks the uh, the ocean is like right there. But then you see like San Francisco like in the background. So it has this like beautiful giant like like uh beer garden to hang out and just chill and nice. just watch the fucking ocean and watch the city escape and it has a beautiful sunset it's super cool it's like 
It's a little on the industrial side in the area. It's like, a, like I said, it's like an old army base airstrip, but it's fun. Oh, cool. It's cool. It's a good... Yeah, if you ever want to go date and hang out and be like, oh, where do you want to go? Let's go to Alameda. Like, you know, you can get a little... Tune in next week where I tell you about my date with Joe. Yes. Alameda style. <laughs> All right, cheers to our last beer. I don't know why I'm hitting the ground. Let's take a, that's another thing that people were talking about. Hmm. It's not bad. It has a, it's a really strong nose. Yeah. It's got a nice flat taste. It does. It's like... Not flat boring, but like... No, no, no. It's like not super... After the IPAs and the hoppy stuff, it's very roasted too. Like it's got, you, yeah. you, like almost like a coffee. Like it's very roasted. Like how like the the roasted malts really uh, shine through on this one. Yeah, yeah. You get that like it's dry too. It's very dry. It's funny. I don't drink stouts that much nowadays. To turn it back, like you know, not that I wasn't into beer a long time ago, but like there are certain times you would have certain beers. In the summer, you go for the lighter. In the winter, you go for the darker. In California. Yeah. It's like the beginning of spring all year, so you don't have that. Yeah, you just gotta go. Yeah, but yeah, and sometimes you're just like, well, fuck it. I like dark beers when it gets rainy out. It's gonna start raining sometime soon. December is when the rain starts. I look forward to it every fucking year Me since too. I lived here. That's my thing. I'm like, man, I can't wait till it rains. It's, I feel like garbage when I go. I'm only happy when it rains. When I say garbage, I mean that '90s band garbage. I mean, I feel like garbage. I feel like whatever. I feel like at least two bucks. But you're a zombie. It's okay. You know, I'm only happy when it rains. Really, when it does, I'm like, I'm excited. I like sit out on the deck, you know, and like watch the fucking just rain just pour. I recorded it one time to have just some audio of the rain. I was like, to to to. Just to have to be like, see, it rains in California. I'm imagining somebody in Seattle listening to this. Like, <laughs> yeah, this in, podcast be like, like, come up here cool. for like a minute. I like those bands. This is cool. And they say like, fuck these guys. They turn it off. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, these guys are fucking so, Like rain. when I moved here, because, um, you know, in New Jersey, like it'll rain now and then. You get weather. It's it rains spring, all the time. Fall, <clears> it rains, it snows, it fucking sneezes. It, it gets 110. It gets negative 10. Uh, but here it's very similar all the time. Which is really nice, and it's probably why people aren't stressed, because they don't have to deal with weather. Right, right. The weather is uh, always... But like six months into living here, all of a sudden I was getting insomnia. And like, not to say I had a gym membership, but like it worked out a little bit. I have a gym membership. I was happy, I was like doing stuff, and then like super... Just like, vitamin D? Yeah, like I was eating well, and just couldn't go to sleep. Like I was yeah. up like for a couple days at a time, every time. Like I'm trying to go to bed, like I yeah. couldn't figure it out. And then one day, I put on the Discovery Channel, and they're like... In the rainforests of the Amazon jungle. And you could hear the rain. <laughs> I was out. Yes. And I'm like, what happens? Yes. I know that I l- sat down about this time and I passed out. And I'm like, cool. And I bought myself like a little uh, a little water fountain. You like, mm-hmm. runs on a plug. And, a little trickle. Ones and all of a sudden little... I could fall asleep. And I was like, holy shit, that's it. Like, I always enjoyed when it rained. I cracked the window and listened to it. Yeah. I've since found out that actually all mammals' brains relax and do all these great things like when it rains but that was it like because you hear you go like eight months and no rain dude it's a long time yeah and when it finally rains i feel like my brain goes back to normal only for that brief until like i think last year it rained till may and i was like so mm-hmm. excited and i was like Ugh. 
I'm dreading summer because it's just going to be hot and stale till fucking December. And what happened? It's still hot and stale. Right. But it's, I mean, it's nice right now. It's like 60. You know, I can't complain about the weather. The weather's always, the weather's always nice. beautiful here. It's always beautiful. But I'm the same way with you. I, I have an app or not an app. I have a, actually a whole album on Apple Music and it's uh, rainforest sounds or bird sounds or just like this like uh sea you know ocean kind of like waves flowing in and out if i hear water running i'm out yeah i'm good yeah That's it must be like oh doesn't that make you pee like no it just doesn't ever no 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 yeah no i it makes you feel happy actually i'm uh, for some reason when i hear the rain like in natural rain too here like when you hear it on the rooftop i'm sleeping well evolutionary like, what happened is like as the small mammals start coming up after the reptilian thing was going on and all the mammals were tiny. They're like mouse size and like whatever. Yeah. But what happens is so mammals can generate their own body heat. But lizards, dinosaurs, chickens are actually like the last living dinosaur. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Chicken, yeah. But like they can't generate their own body heat. So like when it's cold, when it rains, they're slower. So then the mammals could actually like recoup and like kind of be like more relaxed. Well, fast forward that a few million years, like it's kind of still sitting there. So when it rains, that actually helps all these other resets in your brain and your body and your, your biology. And I feel, I just feel, because here I feel just dehydrated too. I don't know if you feel that. Well, it's technically a desert. It, yeah, technically it is. Oh man, it's like we've been having a drought for three years. It's been a desert for 2,000 years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, yes. It, it, it's like that Sam Kinison fucking, uh, when, it, when he's talking about the, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, but I'm going to do it like this. I'm going to do it like this, and then I'm going to do it like that. When he's like, he's like, Oh, um, uh, it's like somewhere in like Arabia or something where it's like, we can't get any food and whatever. And he's like, well, move because you're living in the goddamn desert. It's <laughs> like, move to where the food is, you know, like <laughs> that's Sam Kinison. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my dad does it all the time. He does it so loud and it's so great that like. I don't want to blow people's eardrums out, but like I love doing it too because it's super fun just to be like, I'm here and now I'm fucking here, you know? By that was the cool thing about Sam Kinison. I'm sponsoring this episode so that everybody should go out and watch. Oh, what's the movie? Which one? Back to School with Ryan Yes. Because <laughs> Back to School. You get a little tie in with Sam Kinison. This is so great. Oh, when he yells at Rodney Dangerfield, he's like, <laughs> What's his problem? <laughs> you know, that's the best. And Ronnie Dangerfield, I think, found Sam Kinison, like at one of the comedy stores. He's like, "This guy's gonna be fucking huge," and he just like was best friends with him. Yeah. So Ronnie <clears throat> Dangerfield was actually uh, like the essentially like the last trained vaudeville performer ever. Like as all that fell away, and then like somewhere yeah, like, retiring was... and like had family in Coney Islands, which is where like the Coney Island freak show and, and comedy thing like came through. But like he, in vaudeville, like he was the last person that came through. Like he was the young guy and then everything died. Yeah. <clears throat> Rodney was awesome. Like he was like, I loved all of his movies and his standups and his, yeah. all his shit was just one liners. And he would never, like, he's like the, you know, Rodney was like the old school, original, like Mitch Hedberg, you know, basically like, in a twist, where like I oh, know Mitch Hedberg was like the calm down version. Like he he exists and was so much funny because Dangerfield like helped build like that as a thing. I mean that was his thing, you know. Like like uh, like Rodney like p- like he like paved the way for so many comedians to be like, 
oh, it's joke. Okay, I get it. Like, we're we're a comedian. We're here to, to joke around. Like, and that's what Rodney did. Like, Rodney's like, we're fucking, you know, we're like talking about my wife. He's like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like, you know, Rodney Dangerfield's jokes were like, you know, he's like, my wife wanted, you know, me to do better in sex. He's like, so I, you know, supplied her with a dildo and I started watching TV. You know, it's like shit like that. Yeah, he had uh, like a. There's probably so many. I, I fucked that up, but there's so many way awesomer ones. If I wasn't drunk and I had my phone handy, I'm not going to edit shit. No, Rodney Dangerfield, and then you have a very different voice for yeah. the joke. And then, so Rodney Dangerfield, and then I go on to this voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's. I mean, even better, you could just cut Rodney Dangerfield right on. Well, I, but the movies like Ladybugs, uh, you know, Back to School. Um, um, uh, for Caddyshack, like Easy Money, Easy Money, like there's so many good Rodney Dangerfield stuff that like was just like, wow. If it wasn't for this guy, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what. Like people wouldn't, like uh, I don't know. It was Caddyshack two. He came in. No, Caddyshack one. It was Caddyshack one, yeah. Because he did. Uh, remember he was on the golf course and he had. He's the one who like when he was on and he and he's like, hey, I bet you a thousand bucks you can't get it hit it or <laughs> hit it that. And he's like. The guy's just like fucking mad, and then he's like, "Hey, let's party!" And he like starts playing Journey, and he like he has like a a radio built into his caddy, uh, his golf ball, golf bag, and he's they're just playing Journey, and he's rocking out to it. I'm like, this guy's like sixty already, listening to Journey, which is super fun. It was it was yeah, Caddyshack one because he's the him and Chevy Chase. Caddyshack two is amazing because it's with Jackie Gleason, yeah, or no. Jackie somebody. Fuck. Can't remember his name. Jackie Gleason's the other guy, but Jackie somebody. And Dan Aykroyd's the other guy. He's like, Mr. Sandmerside or Mr. Esterhouse. That guy. Mrs. Esterhouse. I'm just watching VHS tapes. That like thinking about the movie. There's me on the floor, on the rug. Yes. Face up against the TV, and I had the VHS in because we recorded off HBO from the neighbor. <laughs> yes. That's usually what I did. I had like somebody I had somebody back in the day, like uh from a neighbor who had one of those antennas and then one of those cheap boxes where you would like hook the box up in and then you would like feed the antenna through the line, through the yep. wall. And we got like so many I I got Cinemax, HBO, like and I watched all that shit when I was a kid. I watch so much TV. I should fucking be dead just by watching TV. I think the origins of my comedy, like, sure. Like, as a kid, like, probably part of the last generation's watching the OG of uh, Looney Tunes and yeah, Woody Woodpecker and stuff. But then after that, Police Academy. Oh, my God. Police Academies are so good. What, what was your final one you saw? Did you see them all? Like, I saw ones that I forget. Me too. It just goes on for so long. There's at least eight. At least eight. And eight is in Moscow. Oh, no. there, There's nine. There is nine, I think. I didn't see the ninth one, I don't think. There's a cartoon. There could be ten. There is a cartoon with Sweet Chuck and Zed. And it's really bad, but you know what? And this pisses me off to this day. That cartoon was way better than when Spaceballs made a cartoon. Spaceballs made a cartoon? Yeah. It's, I, I did not see that. You don't want to watch it. I did not see that one. Huh. Didn't know that. No, it's it's I, the only thing I would ever be mad at Mel about. Yeah. 
I don't. He probably didn't approve. It's probably always a spinoff, right? Or did he approve? I don't know. It's just, I feel it, like he wouldn't do that. Well, the funny thing about Spaceballs, right? Like, so they got the rights to do, and he's done some like fun spoofs on things. So oh, yeah, of course. calls George Lucas and talks about it, and uh, they're like, okay, cool, but you can't make any merchandise. Like, you can't make a T-shirt. You can't sell posters. You can't do any action figures, because that's actually what Space or Star Wars figured out was like right. all that other shit. Yeah, we're Mel doing Brooks all the like, toys. Great, and like, and you can't make a sequel. It's like great. So they do the whole thing, and they even make jokes about it in their thing. Faceball, yeah, the stuff, flamethrower, the box cereal. Yeah, he does the whole the whole schmidt. I was always hoping they'd make Spaceballs three, the search for Spaceballs two. No, but what's, what's funny the is Spaceballs that two, the search for more money. Lucas Arts, which made Spaceballs or uh, Star Wars, and Miramax, which makes well, fast forward twenty years, they're all yeah. owned by the same company now. Yeah, it's been that way for a little bit. So when Disney bought Star Wars and everybody's like freaking out, and I'm like, on one hand, Disney knows how to do one thing: take some IP and make a bunch of stuff for years. Yeah, and they don't do a shitty job. But then two, well now Spaceballs and Star Wars are owned by the same group, so maybe, maybe they'll do some Spaceballsy stuff. Maybe they'll make a next movie. Maybe, maybe. they'll do something. And then that, com- that it was cartoon came out. Get, yeah. That's so sad. But the and the the cartoon was just like a big letdown. It was this just like is so oh, bad. Dang, that's a bummer. Because I, I thought they were gonna do Spaceballs too. Uh, there was like some uh, talk about it a lot, and then I don't know what happened. I'm actually hoping that as I mean I know Mel Brooks is like 99. He's legit 99. I've liked all the Star Wars movies coming out. Everybody has bitching stuff to talk about, whatever. And actually, that's exciting. Not everybody should love everything. But I'm like, the more movies they make, eventually. You're going to see Dark Helmet in the background of a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> would be awesome. You're going to see like Lone Star. Man, that'd be or so Barf good. in the background. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think the longevity to life is laughter because fucking Mel Brooks got it. Like that guy's legit 98 or 99. He's like, he's that old. I just watched a great documentary Oof. on him where they went and interviewed him. And he was talking about all the different movies. And I actually didn't realize some of the earlier stuff he had done, like being a writer for like these old school guys like back mm. in the day and like how things came up and like he always wrote all his own stuff but uh the one thing where somebody else started writing it and they're like we need you to come in and produce it and, and help the rewrite it's like no i don't do that and that was actually uh, like blazing saddles and oh. he was like no no and he read it, he's like i'll make this movie i'm in i'm in and then there was actually like Cleveland it, little it's funny like the guy who plays the sheriff and the guy who plays Cleveland uh, little he's plays the sheriff Right, so the guy who was supposed to come in and do that was uh, Richard Pryor, wasn't it? Richard Pryor, but there was a problem because he like liked to smell things, and the studio was like, we're not into that. Uh-huh. And then the guy who was supposed to play the other dude that um, Willy Wonka played. Gene Wilder? Yeah, thank you. It's really good beers tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that guy came in, and then, like, and he was, like, a recovering alcoholic. And yeah. And then, like, the first day of shooting, like... They found him like in his trailer and like couldn't walk straight because he was like drinking all night. And they're like, so Mel Brooks like called Gene Wilder and he showed up off the plane like in cowboy gear to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is fucking like Gene Wilder is the shit. Yeah. Like I love Gene Wilder. Like if, oh man, there was, he had a quote too and he was like, he's like, you know, the world finds me funny. My family, they don't think I'm funny. And he's just like this deadpan, like dude. Like, I would be like, I just want to sit down with you for ten minutes and just bask in your ambiance and fucking hang out with you because 
like I'll just not even because I want to laugh, but I'm just want to because what you're gonna say is just gonna intrigue me and be like, you know, just just seep into my pores and be like, fuck, it's Gene Wilder, you know, and just being like, he's just like this, like, you know, without being funny, he's funny. It doesn't matter. Like he's that guy. It's like it doesn't matter if he's funny or not. He's gonna be funny. He's like, man, my family doesn't think I'm funny. But, like, the shit that Mel Brooks wrote for him is super funny. And also, like, the way he cast it, right? Or the way he, he acted it, right? Because it, I think a lot of things that Gene Wilder's done, and like, if you take out, like, Young Frankenstein, but, like, even mm-hmm. look at the opening of Blazing Saddles, where he's up there upside down. Anybody yeah. who's, like, drunk and being hung upside down by the sheriff, like, would wake up a little different. And he's like, okay, normal. Like, he takes that little bit further. Yeah, he takes it an extra step. But now imagine, like, it's your brother or sister who's always taken everything that little bit further, that little bit, like, yeah. okay, this is an awkward, horrible situation. I'm taking a little bit further. Every time? Like, Every time. His family must have been so desensitized to it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and and there's a good one that I love. The f- one of my favorite Gene Wilder movies that I love, and I don't have it on DVD. I'm trying to find it right now. And it's out of print. It's one of those movies that's going to cost me fucking $100 or some shit on dvd i'm writing this down for my christmas list it's gonna be haunted honeymoon do you know that one have you seen haunted honeymoon google ebay haunted honeymoon (laughs) have you seen that one or no 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 it's with it's with so uh it's it's kind of a sad story but so the movie was a flop um as some very great movies are yeah and it was in the 80s. It was 86 or 87. Like the story of Han Solo. And Gene Wilder's wife, uh, Gilda Radner, uh, did the, the film with him. And Gilda at the time was experiencing like really bad symptoms of her uh, cancer, I believe. Oh. But she did such a great job. And so did Gene. Like, at, like this movie was such... And uh, what's his name to um, fucking uh, uh, Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise was so amazing in this movie. And I fucking love Dom. Like Dom was Dom in the same thing with Mel Brooks casting his characters. Like Dom was one of my favorite characters. Like he was always this weird, like over, like whatever the fuck he was. And I was like, this guy's just genius. Didn't matter. I dare people to find a better Pizza the Hut than Dom DeLuise. You will not. You're delicious. <laughs> pizza. Or he's, he's like, boff, puke, whatever. <laughs> whatever your name. But dude, Dom was the king like of that shit. And yeah, so he's in Haunted Honeymoon. And or I hope I'm saying this. So I hope I'm saying the movie right. Haunted Honeymoon, Honeymoon Murders. I'm pretty sure it's a haunted honeymoon, and it's like you gotta get the Wolfman, and like they're like they're reading like a, a radio script, and uh, they're going through this castle, and it's like Gene Wilder's like, you know, with these legs. It's it, oh, I have seen this movie. You had you you're you're from my generation, dude. You had to see this. This is a big one back in the day. It's such a good random like Halloween movie to watch, and I didn't get to watch it this year, and I'm like, going to find it for next year for sure. I'm, I watch Halloween movies all year round, but this movie is killer. It's super fun. It's well, funny. You suffer from trauma. I do. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I do. Yeah, I was in a <laughs> I was in a trauma film with uh, what's his face, 
uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Oh, no way. Yeah. I got it here. It's a house. Uh, house. In, yeah. Was it House of a Thousand? What the fuck? Am I? I'm forgetting the name. With the Rob Zombie movie. No, that's a House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, Bloodbath and the House of Knives. There you go. That's oh. that's the one I was in. Super terrible movie. If you guys can find it, I was in that movie. I was a detective. But I got to hang out with Lloyd Kaufman and do a couple scenes with him. That sounds fun. fun. Yeah. He's the owner of Choma. Fucking rad. Thank you for all the tomatoes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for all the tomatoes, please. And uh, uh, Melvin the Mop Boy. I mean, if you don't know Rotten Tomatoes, is partially named that site, like, because they were big trauma fans. <laughs> exactly. Dude, anybody doesn't know trauma, like, trauma video, like, please. New York City's f- fucking finest at B-rated movies. Not just the horror, but kind of horror, but, like, mostly horror, but, like, just B-rated movies. I have, like, random shit that doesn't even happen. Like, Teenage Cat Girls and Heat I have from trauma. Nothing happens in that fucking movie. It's just the boringest movie in all time, but it's great. Yeah. Stupid. Well, so, like, that's kind of something interesting about nowadays versus back then, right? It was like, Trauma got famous because they did some B-rate movies, they could do stuff, but nowadays, like, we sit here right now, like, it's much easier for anyone to, like, have an idea, to have a video camera on their phone, like, to, to build content to do it. Yeah. Which I think is great, because now, just like Beers in California, now you, you get the opportunity as a consumer. Like, there's all this experimentation, there's all these people can do stuff, like... yeah. I'm not saying high art, but like that's like no, but where, yeah, where yeah, it yeah. comes from, right? Because people can experiment and do stuff. Um, yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's so much opportunity. Well, and if you really just I mean, only now, watch movies from the '70s for two months, all of a sudden you're going to be like, I can see why trauma was huge. Like, yeah, well, but even now, like, I mean, how how easy it would would it be for us to just film a movie? It'd be so easy. The movie might not be great. But it would be so easy, right? Compared to back then when you had to like splite, you know, you, you had to really jump through some hoops just to get that video made. And if you're a low budget like consumer like us or, you know, uh, DIY, like, no, I don't have anybody to back my project. No, in 1997, 98, we sat there in the basement of your mom's house and like tried to put stuff together on a four track player. Right. <laughs> that sucked. That was 98. These guys are going back like 79. 80 when did when did when did uh when did talk uh toxic avenger come out 80 i think it was 80 yeah like i mean they got almost like so lloyd pretty much had like uh animatronics with you know all the ooze and the you know the blood or what you know like these things squirting out of people's heads like when you get chopped off like so much fun things that you're like wow like the technology we have now like i'm surprised at what i'm surprised that there's not better things out there like that was back then you know what i mean with like you said the technology we have today with like you gotta i could record everything on my phone (laughs) just i could videotape you like a a whole life and make a movie out out of you put music to the background upload it to my apple mac or whatever you know what i mean i mean you actually have an eight track mixer and two microphones now Right, yeah, for this podcast, which I don't even need half of this shit, but this is the best one to do it with, you know, but man, there's so much good stuff out there now to do great things, like, wow, I mean, even back then, it was so hard to do, like, damn, yeah, with the audio and shit, I mean, there's so much, man, technology's come a long way, and I'm just surprised there's not better things uh, released that are 
Or maybe I'm just getting old and I'm like losing my touch. Well, actually, I had this funny idea. So imagine like, say, 1985 to 1995. You can think back to these old movies we've seen or that uh-huh. we know about. Somebody's got like a big like shoulder camcorder going stuff and you yeah. have to watch the whole thing. Imagine if we stopped today or five years ago and then you had 10 years of you can take video, but you can't edit it. Oof. Yeah. Because <laughs> now like you can go buy like any laptop and like edit stuff. Right? That's what I'm it's saying. Like, you, you, you could buy you, the program's already on there. My favorite stuff on YouTube is made by people like in one room somewhere because they're into something I'm really into directly, you know? Exactly. They tap into that, you know, whatever you're into. Like you said, they tap into that geek, nerdstrom, whatever. But like we're into like, if you, like you're a collector, I'm a collector, like sort of like we're into like, you know, the things that we're fucking into, right? So, you know, they like, it, when they tap into that, you're like, damn, that shit's fucking awesome. You know, like, damn, I wish I could... But you can. That's the thing. It's like, we could make a movie. doesn't matter. I mean, you could write a movie right now, make it another year, and be like, Joe and Mike, release fucking the next, this movie. And it, and it could be hilarious because we have a GoPro, I have a phone. Be easy. Easy. So uh, please check out Joe and Mike make a movie. <laughs> dot United States is like, okay, dot cool, dot AL2752189 dot com but everything else is expensive yeah yeah uh and please fund our fund our, our movie fund, project our GoFundMe. i don't even know what the movie's gonna be about but it's gonna be great regardless it's of really like do. two guys drink and talk about punk rock <laughs> <laughs> yeah we drink we talk about punk rock and we have some animatronics in there with head explosions but if we reach our million dollar goal we're gonna secretly hire a bunch of people from the jersey shore and get them slimed from the people from you can't do that on television yes can we that would be amazing oh dude what we wouldn't pay to see snooki and jaywild just slimed because you say what <laughs> don't say what that was their whole thing yeah i don't know i didn't watch the show you didn't watch that show no you can't do that on television actually uh this isn't, isn't uh Alyssa milano or not Alyssa milano um uh, Alanis Morissette. I think she came from that show. I think so. Yeah, I think she's a Canadian. But there was so no okay. So ninety out of a hundred people listening to this don't know what it is. It was this great show on Nickelodeon back mm-hmm. in the day. It was like a little show. They had little sketches. There were little sketches that was fun, like the kids in the bathroom. And he's like, "Mom, there's no toilet paper." And she comes in. She's like, "Here's one. We're saving money." Yeah, Mom. What do you mean one? Use both sides. <laughs> Which but, is great. That's like a Nickelodeon. Yeah. Like, but, imagine how many like shit you wouldn't you wouldn't get away with that on anywhere. And that was the family show. Nickelodeon was a family network. Yep. And look at nowadays. Like, I mean, I don't buy like six ply tickle me and make me happy toilet paper, but like every time you wipe your ass, you're like, yes. What I think, what <laughs> this I think makes sense. You know, and I remember growing up, like maybe my parents thought about it, but I don't ever think about changing my toilet paper to save money. No, I don't. <laughs> but. That show was amazing, and it and it rocked out. And uh, if somebody said the green slime was chunky, and right. I was like, I was like, how did they get that green slime? That's what I meant to go into. If uh, if somebody on the show ever said, I don't know, then all of a sudden they'd get like dumped profusely with green slime. Yeah. Oh, I is, said what? Yeah, sorry. No, which yeah. is where all those other Nickelodeon shows yeah. where they're doing stuff and like Double Dare, Double Dare, like it all came. The giant peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm Brit- hungry. 
I got food. That's my desert island food. Peanut butter and jelly? People make that joke and they're like, what would you have if you were stranded on a desert island forever? Peanut butter and jelly. Like, really? Really? Oh, You're pretty right. quick. I'm yeah. like, yeah, I've actually eaten it for dinner and lunch and breakfast and snack. Like, yes. can I get some milk with that? Can I make it a triple decker? Yeah, I've had those for sure. That's a good sandwich. That's a great, uh, that's a great islandy. I don't even know what I, if I was on a desert island and I got to pick one food because the thing about that is, first of all, you're going to get sick of it. Well, no, no, not just that. The best thing about that is two of the ingredients are canned and jarred. So you can save that shit for a long time and use a little amount, right? A little spread of peanut butter, a little spread of jelly. Well, then you get into technicalities like, Okay, well, right. well uh, yeah, we're getting the, technical now. If the but, ingredients know. show up, I'm going to pick this really fancy curry because it's got 75 ingredients. <laughs> and, <now laughs> and it could last for a year. No, And no, now, yeah. if it's unlimited, now I can start making other stuff. But yeah. No, no just yeah. simple two pieces of bread, peanut butter, and jelly. I would definitely probably... That's my thing. I say definitely probably uh, if people don't know me that well. I'm out there. I'm the person that says, yeah, I'll definitely probably uh, jump in the river. No, I say I would definitely have some soup of some sort or a stew. So I could be like, I got a campfire. I'm throwing leaves. I'm throwing maybe since I'm in the sea, I'm going to probably catch some fish, throw some fish in there, maybe some coconut, some banana. I'm, like, I'm making a, you know, I'm making a fucking broth in there somehow. Well, I just finished five seasons of Lucifer, so I know that uh, I should live a life where I'm not, I feel no guilt or remorse about anything. Yeah. So I can get to heaven, and if I get into a middle place, that's where I'm stuck. <laughs> or if I get to heaven, that's what I choose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to eat peanut butter and jelly every day. Yeah. Which I actually haven't had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for like a year. Really? I had one a couple of weeks ago. I live off the same lunch that I had since I was probably. 12, 11. SpaghettiOs, but they're not SpaghettiOs. Now they're Annie-Os, so they're organic. Well, I mean, you're upgrading. Yeah. I'm, up, I'm, up, I'm organic now. So I got some pasta. So I got the soup and the sandwich. So I got, you know, but I trade my sandwich for turkey, peanut butter and jelly, tuna fish. It's my same lunch I've had for 30 years. Well, they're, now that we're going like way off uh, diverging topics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're changing now. What's your favorite soup and sandwich? Ooh, combo. dang. Okay, so I guess my favorite would have to be... Um, okay, I'm going to go with... My favorite soup is going to be... Nope. Soup and sandwich combo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to start with... I'm going to go with it. It's going to be the combo. Okay. But um, this, I'm going to start with the soup. And my favorite soup combination, because it's always that, is going to be chicken noodle. Regardless of who makes it, you know, I, I make some really good chicken noodle, but whatever. I'm not saying whatever. My favorite soup that I'm going to go with, with the combination to my grilled cheese sandwich, even though tomato soup and grilled cheese, no, it's a grilled cheese sandwich and uh, chicken noodle soup for sure. That's my soup combo. Or... I can't say no to that. The ham and cheese melt. Like, if I want the ham... Uh, I'll make the melt with pepper jack cheese, so it's a grilled cheese pepper like ham and grilled cheese pepper jack with chicken chicken noodle. So every time I think I'm getting sick, I'm like I might be getting sick. I got a tickle. I'll make yeah. broth from scratch. 
and then make myself a pile of chicken noodle soup mm-hmm. and just eat that for a few because I'm of course I've figured out by now yeah I'm an old man like I'm gonna get sick so I eat a bunch of that and I think because I do that all the time like my because I'm not saying no to you like lots of good sandwiches with chicken noodle but uh grilled cheese and tomato soup grilled cheese tomato yeah it's a great one I mean it's a good combo I mean there's probably nothing better really if I'm sad and depressed like make that for myself and feel happy for the night and go to bed yeah with a smile on my face absolutely i'm like you know i just had a great i just had a great ass sandwich combination and that's my favorite i love soup and sandwich combinations for sure those are my favorite like i can't go without a day where i actually honestly i've probably been getting too addicted to soup right now because i'm the the weirdest person where i have to have soup almost every day that's right like soup is a great way to eat food too because you have uh okay if you Go to restaurants. Maybe not soup's the best thing because they're oversalted to taste good and mm-hmm. that stuff. But especially if you're like making some broth from scratch, which is really not that hard. Um, no, it's not. You can pack so much nutrition into the broth. Yes. Right? And then like you're having soup, so you actually have these good digestive properties that are happening like in your body. You can absorb all this nutrition. You can break stuff down. Yeah. Um, and then you add the sandwich component, which people from California don't get because they've only... I mean, I like Ike's. I like some of the stuff. So like, you got to go to the Driftwood. But the best sandwiches, best sauce. But like a real sandwich, like it's not just bread and shit that tastes good. It's yeah, no, it's you have good bread. You actually have it toasted or not toasted and soft to the right way to yeah. go with the components. You have the right selection of lettuce and vegetable like stackers well, and stuff because you have to get all this texture and all this flavor and, and yeah, for, for uh, uh, amounts of things, I think people don't hear in california don't recognize right the perfect sandwich combination is the amounts of meat cheese lettuce tomato you know whatever you're gonna get on your sub or or whatever you're right they don't know i get some random sandwiches that like the meat is stacked like this i'm like no i don't want that much meat i got like this little amount of other shit i'm like some people just don't know how to do it right they don't don't it's like it's a good sandwich but they just didn't do the layers right yeah it's a little too much or a little less, right? Yeah, you know, and in, in, in our California, because you don't put lettuce on there to be wilty, you put no. lettuce on there to that's where iceberg comes from, right? Like, a little I don't crunch, think, like you want the crunch, yeah. it's not just to have vegetables. If you want vegetables, like you shouldn't be eating a fucking sandwich, like, right? Or actually, maybe you should be having a different sandwich, like tuna and sprouts. That's actually pretty good, that's good, cool. but um, yeah, it's different, right? Because uh, where we're from, like, every town has a diner that's open all night. And it's I was not, talking about yeah somebody else about that today. And it's too. not Denny's. Like I live up two blocks from a Denny's for four years, and I've only been there twice. Yeah, which is great. Like I miss actual real diners. Like a real yeah. diner, yeah. Coffee, old, you know, tuna, uh, tuna melt, something good, you know, tuna melt, chicken soup on the side. I made myself a ham and cheese yesterday. Perfect. And I actually lightly toasted the ham, and I put the cheese out to not be really cold out of the fridge. Yeah. It's the texture, the the bite, the change, right? It is. No, exactly. And I think that's the thing. I think some places, a lot of places around here just don't know what's up with that. They just don't get it, which is, I mean, they're not from here. They're just like throwing a sandwich together. Like they're looking, they're reading the menu. They're, you know, they're like, But then again, where I'm from, Taco Bell's Mexican food. And then I moved here. And I was like, nope. It's not. You can't find a good sandwich. Thing, yeah. You can't find good pizza. But holy shit! First of all, <laughs> first of all, a hard shell taco back in the north, uh, the northeast is not a hard shell taco. Like, don't. That's not a taco at all. 
No. If you use ground beef in your taco, it's not a fucking taco. California has the only tacos that I've had. Legit. And then the first one I had was at Calafia, and they gave me these things. I was like, what the fuck is this? It's not a taco. First street taco, yeah. Yeah, I ordered a street taco, and I was like, I don't know what this is. And I ate it, and I was like, it's amazing. Mouth explodes. Yeah, I was like, Jesus, finally a real fucking taco and burrito that I've had. Yeah. All right, well, we're at the end of the line. You want to leave anything out into the world of uh, anything? Opportunities, ideas, advice, whatever you want to give. Always be open to new opportunity. That's a great one. When you're feeling bummed out, you could also feel a little better and bummed out at the same time, which is better than only bummed out. Yeah. And uh, if your friend invites you over to bullshit and have a couple beers and you're really tired and would rather go to sleep, you should probably go bullshit with them and have a good time. Yes. Thank you, my friend. I love it. I appreciate you coming out and hanging on. I know, you know, you're working all day. It's a, it's a bitch to get off and not off. Just after, even after work, like I said, go to sleep. Well, you need to get into these routines uh, in life. With, yeah, no yeah. matter what your schedule is, you start to routine a little bit. You have to. It's a part of life. Your, your routine gets to where you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Then you're like, no, let's do that. It's where I'm like, should I drink tonight? No, we're going to drink tonight. No, because tomorrow when I get on my 40-minute train ride, I'm actually going to take an earlier one so I can get a seat and take a nap. There you go. So I got it all planned out. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you coming on, man. And then I'm going to go for a walk from the train to my office, which is the same walk you and I took when you first came out here. Yes. Some cardio. Long cardio. And you can rent scooters now for like two bucks. It's pretty cheap. Right. What are they called? What's the scooter called? Oh, there's a whole bunch. Yeah. You got an app for it, right? Now? Dude, I got like six apps. <laughs> it's San Francisco the... had some. They kicked them out. And yeah. The now they're back. In. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. Good times. Good times. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, man. It's good to be here. All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for my conversation with my good friend, Mr. Mike Lewandowski. Thanks, for Mike, for coming on and also donating to the Beer Fund. Thanks, everybody else, for checking out the podcast. Check out a fewdeep.com for all information and whatnot. Also, thanks to the Rosen Crown, Palo Alto, Ale Arsenal San Carlos, the Willow Market in Menlo Park, and Jane's Beer Store in Mountain View. All great places to get great beer and maybe meet some cool people who drink beer. Yeah. Shout out to my brother. It's his birthday too. Happy birthday, Brian. And also another birthday is my, my friend Megan's birthday, who uh, I think will be my guest next week on the podcast. So tune in and check it out. We'll probably talk a lot of true crime and some murder and stuff. It's always a good conversation. I love those. So yeah, tune in next week, guys. Uh, until then, have a good holiday season. Until next week, I know right now it's shopping season and everybody's getting their shit done. So, uh, yeah, stay warm, stay, stay fun. And, uh, yeah, I'll catch you guys later. Late. Late.